a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah... Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people. On RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night, 2nd of February. Happy! Happy, happy Groundhog's Day. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig. And let's see if the little rodent is correct. Because according to the long-range weather forecasts, it's not going to be an early spring like he says. Well, now, you know, Puxatani Phil did not see a shadow today. So that is supposed to signal an early spring. Right. Um, we don't really go by Puxatani Phil here. I mean, he's clear over in Pennsylvania. So what does he know? Right. Oh, that's true. Around here, we use Wood Lake Wally. Oh, okay. Wood Lake Wally is a raccoon that lives under the dumpster down at the west edge of town. And uh, if he comes out from under the dumpster and sees his shadow, we've got six more weeks of winter. Now, today, he did not see a shadow because it was so foggy you couldn't see your hand in front of your face at sunrise oh um, so you don't know if that's really legitimately not seeing his shadow well it is because there was no shadow to see okay and but you know we don't let's put it this way we take wood lake wally with a grain of salt um <laughs> a a he's not a groundhog he he's a raccoon and b we're pretty sure he drinks Oh, okay. He goes to so, the territory up north a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, so you know. But for what it's worth, it's Groundhog's Day, and and uh, you know, it's uh, it's always kind of fun. It's your favorite holiday. Well, it is because you don't have to do anything. No cards, no presents. You don't have to decorate. Um, yeah, there's no specific food your TV till the guys in the top hats announce whether he, sh- you know, saw his shadow or not. Well, no, I don't because I just, I rely on Wood Lake Wally and it's not out of the way because I have to go down there at, to the dumpster and take the trash out anyway. So, oh, okay. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty easy folks. We got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, but before we get into, uh, the main topics we have chosen, we do have some recent breaking news. It's not instant breaking news, but uh, a couple of hours ago, uh, the Biden regime started retaliating for the drone attack that took place 
um, last weekend. Uh, Diane, this is disconcerting at best. It's very disconcerting uh, for a number of reasons. And being that you and I are doing an investigative report on this, not uh, being published this Monday, but next Monday, I don't really know how much we should say at this point. Probably not a whole lot, but, you know, it's it, we're, we're trying to keep track of it, and we will throughout the night, uh, right. you know, as to what's going on uh, over there. We're hearing from uh, sources that live over there uh, as to, you know, or, or who are somehow involved uh, in what's going on over there. So we're getting some insight into it, but uh, for now, we'll just say it's kind of troubling uh, yes. what's going on over there. Um, not this Tuesday, but a week from this coming Tuesday, Diane and I are co-writing an article that will be out. And we'll be discussing it on this show next or a week from this coming Tuesday. Right. And you're going to be very surprised with some of the things we have found out. But in the meantime, it, it's good that we're retaliating against the killing of our military personnel but it's it's not being done the right way. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and and let's leave it right there. Okay. You know, because um, yeah, if if we get if we say any more tonight, we're giving away stuff. And when we put this article together and get it finalized, you know, throughout mm-hmm. the coming week, we want to make sure that what we're putting in it is accurate. So I don't want to yes. say anything tonight that may come about to be inaccurate later down the road. And I'm afraid we might leave some things out that are pertinent because we're jumping on it too quick if we do it tonight. So Right. Absolutely. And I think many people will be surprised. And when they really think this whole incident through, they're going to say, they're right. Yeah, and I mean, it may take time. I mean, it took time when we did the joint piece on Benghazi. It took some time when we did the uh, the joint land grab piece, you know, and things like the that. The Epstein but, piece. The Epstein piece. But when we do these things, we make sure that we're covering the bases and we're assembling the puzzle pieces correctly. So, mm-hmm. you know, even though it takes time for people to realize, you know, uh, holy crap, those guys at Right Side Patriots got this right, we're, we're endeavoring to get it right. So, right. We'll so, just leave it right there. Look for it, not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. Right. Meanwhile, over in jolly old London, this is a this is a head scratcher, folks. I don't really quite yes. understand this. A judge in London has tossed out a lawsuit that was filed by Donald J. Trump regarding that fake manufactured dossier from 2019-2020. Right. And one of the reasons for the tossing out of the lawsuit was the I guess the defendant claimed that it was not supposed to go out, that somebody leaked it of all places to BuzzFeed, and then it went out from there. 
So in the dossier, they didn't have to, because they didn't think it was going out, they didn't have to justify what they were saying. They could say whatever they wanted to say, but they did not have to give proof of what they were saying. And for some reason, this judge bought into that. The, the whole lawsuit, the premise of the lawsuit brought by Donald Trump, this isn't against him, it's brought by him, Right. was the fact that that phony, fake, manufactured, piece-of-crap dossier did damage to his reputation. The judge... It did. Yeah, well, the judge says there's no proof of that. Right. I'm sorry. That dossier has been proven to be false right over and over and over again it was manufactured from the hillary clinton campaign um steel the steel dossier steel of the steel dossier admitted right. that it was bogus right uh investigations showed it was bogus if it wasn't meant to harm Donald Trump's reputation, what was it meant for? Well, obviously it was meant to um, harm his reputation and also to discredit him as a president. Because remember, if it wasn't for the Steele dossier, he probably would not have been impeached. At least not the first time. At least not the first time. Exactly. You know, so... I think an impeachment damages someone's reputation. What? Good Lord, you would think so. You know, for two years, it was Russia, 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 Russia. That's all the mainstream media was talking about. Um, Yeah, this thing got leaked to BuzzFeed. uh, Mm -hmm. And instantly, when BuzzFeed put it up, all the mainstream media, all the leftist propaganda media, they jumped all over it. And even though they knew it was fake, even though they knew it was manufactured, nothing but BS, they ran with it for two years nonstop, 24-7 in the news cycle. And what's very strange is the British papers are reporting, you know, we call it a dossier, but what it actually was was a series of memos. Memos. I mean, this, this is insanity. I just don't understand how a judge can look at this lawsuit and say, well, there's no proof that this damaged his reputation. Of I mean, when it was, what, it did. when it was released, it was released in an effort to prevent him from winning in 2016. Exactly. Or, I mean, it, or, you know, and then they ran with it for two years after that. It was the basis for the first impeachment. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, it, it was also the basis for spying on Donald yes. Trump and the Trump campaign. They got yes. four phony FISA warrants Correct. to spy on Donald Trump and the Trump campaign. How can, how can this be viewed as anything but detrimental to Donald Trump? Well, I, do, I just well, don't I get have it. to say is whether you support President Trump now or you don't support him, you have to understand you've got to stand behind him with these bogus lawsuits. Because this is 
a witch hunt. This has always been a witch hunt. And whether you want him now in 2024 or not, you have to understand that this political witch hunt has set a very dangerous precedence in this country. Boy, has And unless we stand by the person who's ground zero, this can happen to anybody, anywhere, at any time. You know, it's like Trump himself says at rallies all the time. He said, what they really want is you, but I'm in the way. He's right about that. You know, and if they can do this to a former president, they could do it to anybody in this country. Exactly. And that's what's extremely dangerous about this. This kind of witch hunt goes beyond the victim because we all become possible victims. Right. And, and that's what it's meant for. It's meant to intimidate all of us. Mm-hmm. You told the line, you told the, uh, the official liberal line, or we're going to come after you just like we went after him. I mean, that's what right. they're saying. That, that's exactly what they're saying. And I mean, many people know through our show and through our writings, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. I was in 2016. I voted for him two times. This time I was pulling for Ron DeSantis. And, you know, in a way I still am and I'm pushing for him in 2028. But I have always stood by President Trump in regards to the witch hunt, always. And Craig can verify that. That's very true. And, you know, speaking of the witch hunt, I just got to throw this in. Uh, the J6 trial in New York has been put on hold as of today. Yes. Um, yes. They're, they're waiting to see if the D.C. or what the D.C. appellate court does uh, regarding Trump's claim of presidential immunity. Right. Now, this trial for J6 was supposed to start on March 4th. Yes. But a federal judge today said it's postponed indefinitely. He dropped the uh, the March 4th date. Um, so depending on when uh, the D.C. appellate court, um, you know, hears the case or makes a decision on the case, if the, if the decision is is against Trump, I fully expect him to uh, take it to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, so the hold on the J6 trial right now is indefinite. Yeah, and and this can either work for or against Trump in the sense that they're going to push all the dates as close as possible to the election as they can. Now, a lot of people are saying we're not going to vote for a convicted felon. Others are, are saying this makes us vote for Trump even more. This is a form of election interference. There is. These trials should have been done. They should have been pushed to the head of the dockets. And these things should start already to be settled one way or another. Now this, but they're this, not. This J6 thing, this trial... Speaking of election interference, this falls right into line because, as I said, it was supposed to begin on March 4th, which is the right. day before Super Tuesday. Exactly. Now it's put off indefinitely. So, that, right. so everybody's up in the air again. You know, 
there's a faction, you know, there's basically two factions. Now the only Trumpers and the never Trumpers. And then there's, you know, a small group in the middle. The, is it a victory for the only Trumpers or is it a victory for the never Trumpers? Because everything's going to be pushed right up until November. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's weird and it's not right. And it is these judges, and most of them are Democrat judges, Democrat appointed. This is, I'm sorry, it's a form of election interference. It really is. There's no other way to look at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, a few weeks ago, a month ago or so, I did an article uh, about how 2024 was going to be a cluster you-know-what. Well, Mm -hmm. here we go. You know, add this to the list. I just did the article last week on the media, how they are doing election interference and election suppression by calling winners before the polls have closed, before the votes have counted. This is just another addition to that. Folks, we got to face it. We have never seen anything like this in an election cycle ever. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, just bizarre. Uh, Job layoffs. Uh, The numbers came in for January. Little bit of a shock to the Biden regime, Diane. Big, big shock because the layoffs went up to 136%, which is the second highest level on record. That is a disgrace. Now, Does this come as any great surprise to you? And if so, or if not, why? And then I'll give my reasoning. No, it does not come as a surprise because the honest truth is most businesses have not fully recovered from the COVID lockdowns, which the Democrat states kept in place way longer than was ever needed. So one thing just funnels into another until it just builds up and you get numbers like this. You know, some companies say you can't work at home anymore. You have to start coming in to the office, to this business, whatever. Others are saying, no, you can still work at home. People are torn. What should we do? What should we not do? A lot of businesses have been forced to close because of the ridiculous COVID lockdowns. So they went out of business. You lose a business, you automatically put people out of work. It's like a big steamroller just going on and on and on. Well, let me add to that because I I contend there are some, uh, you're absolutely right, but I contend there are some other factors involved as well. Oh, of course. You know, I mean, uh, January, right? You're Mm -hmm. going to have layoffs from people that you hired as temporary workers over the holiday season. Of course, yes. Okay, so that's going to add into it. You've got uh, more and more states pushing this uh, $15 minimum wage. Yeah. Right? And as more hamburger, yeah. Right. As more and more states adopt that, they're going to cut the workforce to make up for it. So you've got that as a factor. Then... Mm -hmm. You've got inflation. That's a factor. We're going to be talking more about inflation in the, uh, you know, after the bottom of the hour. But right. um, inflation 
plays a role in this because people are spending less money. The less money they spend, the less money businesses have to pay employees. So that plays a role in it. You mentioned COVID, Diane. Here's one of the, the things about COVID that most people probably don't think about. You know, they obviously they think about the, you know, the closing of, of you know, businesses and, and uh, you know, things like you know, schools and, and things like that. You mentioned working at home. Well, it's a proven fact that when you work at home, you are less productive than when you work in the office. Less oh, production in any business hurts the business bottom line. People get laid off. Right. You know, these are, these are all factors uh, in, in why this is going on. And finally, uh, if you look in some of the biggest cities, okay, um, and they're all blue cities, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, Oakland, Seattle. I mean, you know, you pick your blue city. You've got businesses closing because of crime. Yes. When businesses close. Crime that's allowed to go on and on and on. Because if you try to stop it, you will hear the cry of racism. And, and we're hearing that. Right now, out of that, uh, uh, who is it, Presley? Presley. The, oh, yeah. oh, she's a waste. Yeah. She's an idiot. You yeah. Know? Um, a Walgreens, I think it was a Walgreens, uh, was, was closing down uh, in, in a neighborhood that she represents. And she immediately started screaming racism from, from yeah. the floor. The other day, yes. you, you, you closed down a, a store like that. That's overt racism. No, it's not. The store can't stay in business if thieves are being allowed and they are being allowed to go in there and it's, take whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, but all of these things are factors in these layoffs. Now, you know, of course, the, the talking heads and, and uh, the Biden regime and you know, all these liberals, you know, they're shocked by this. They're just shocked. Well, they shouldn't, shouldn't be shocked. They should have seen this coming. We saw it coming. Exactly. I mean, this, this whole situation is ridiculous. Unfortunately, the lockdown was the base of all this. Remember, our businesses. We're running pretty good, you know. Everything was yeah. going pretty good until COVID. And it was very foolish to lock down the whole country. Um, there is now medical reports out that says if we had just let COVID run rampant for about two, two to three weeks, herd immunity would have kicked in and we would have never seen what we have seen. Right. Right. And and instead we had states that kept mostly liberal states kept themselves locked down for half a year and more for no reason. And yep. now they're saying people should have gone to work because the social distancing never did anything. It was completely bogus. So were the masks. So were the masks. Completely I mean bogus. masks people you should have realized don't do anything that viruses are smaller than the the fabrics of the masks they get right through but people 
were worked up into such a fear that they allowed the fear to override common sense. We had our government telling us one thing. The retailers were in trouble from day one. You announce that you're in a lockdown. Imagine if you owned a business and you're told you cannot operate your business and it's going to go on for months and months and months. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Hence, the people who work for you are done. Right. Now, here's, you know, I I mentioned inflation. I mentioned this ridiculous $15 an hour minimum wage, you know, thing. Just a few weeks ago, McDonald's opened their very first store with zero employees. It is 100% automated. I know. Now, that's another, that puts people out of work too. AI has its pros and cons. And this is a con. Well, it is, but, you know, um, it's got an upside, too. I mean, nobody wants to spend $10 on a quarter pounder. No. You know, and if you have employees and you got to pay every last one of them $15 an hour, you're going to have to jack up the, the price of whatever it is you're selling. I don't care if it's a hamburger or what it is, but in this case, it's hamburgers and French fries. Um. If you can save all that money by 100% automation, and I'm not, folks, I have no idea how it works, okay? But if it does work, and this catches on, there's going to be a lot of these entry-level positions that simply will not exist anymore because by demanding $15 an hour, people are literally putting themselves out of a job. Yes, Exactly. You know, what people forget is these entry-level jobs, they're just that. They're entry-level. They're not meant to be a lifelong career to support a family. It's just ridiculous. People forget that. We're not talking about the managers here. We're talking about the people behind the counter. Right. You know, and I mean... the whole thing, I mean, if you look at the big picture, and that's what Diana and I always try to do is look at the big picture, you can see there are a lot of factors in these job layoffs. And yes. I don't see this changing very much over time. I mean, you know, the the stage has been set, the precedent has been set for businesses yes. to continually cut back, cut back, cut back, and cut back some more. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. If you want to hear it in more numbers, in January alone, 82,307 jobs were cut, which is the 130% increase from December. That is an astronomical number. When you think about it, over 82,000 people now out of work. In, in, in just one, one month. Alone. Yeah. Now, in the, in the couple of minutes we've got left in this segment, let me just throw another aspect of this into the mix. Okay. Okay. We've got all these illegal aliens pouring across our border. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Over the last uh, three years, they're telling us, Nine million, but those are the ones we know about. Right. 
Okay, so you know the number is much higher. Of course. Now, those people are getting all sorts of perks. Those illegal aliens that do not belong here, that broke the law to come here, are getting all sorts of perks, and they're getting, you know, taxpayer perks. Some of them are coming from the federal government. Some of them are coming from blue state governments. Mm -hmm. But they're getting a lot of perks, and somebody's got to be paying for all of that. But those people eventually are going to be looking, some of them, not all of them, but some of them are going to be looking for entry-level positions. Yes. Okay. Now, they, they check off some boxes, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're non-English speaking. They're uh, not even supposed to be here. You know, mm-hmm. they're, use your air quotes, refugees, right? Uh, no, they're illegal criminals because their act of coming here is criminal. I, I get it, but I'm just using my air quotes. Okay. Yeah, I've got air quotes. I may as well use them. You might as well. <laughs> uh, you know, these you know some of these people are going to be looking to take jobs that currently belong to American citizens. Right. That's not going to help anything. No, it is not. But for now, how many of these 9 million illegal aliens has anybody seen out actually looking for a job? I guess it's near zero. Why should they look for a job when they get everything for free? You. I mean, that's it. That's That's it. it. In a nutshell, (laughs) why bother looking for a job? None of this is going to help the economy. That's the bottom line. Right. None of this is going to help the economy. All right. We've made it to the bottom of the hour. That means we got to take a quick break. We got to get, uh, you know, a couple of those station ID things in. When we come back, we got a couple of more topics that we want to bring up to you on tonight's show. So don't go anywhere. There's more Right Side Patriots after that. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST 
at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button. This show and all the others will be there. You can make a weekend out of it. <laughs> oh, that would be some, I guess, some uh, boring weekend for most folks. <laughs> If, if, you know, it may seem boring, seem boring on the surface, but these shows are packed with information you're not going to get anywhere else. That's very true. You know, so why very not? True. Why not learn a little something over the weekend? Get yourselves yeah. educated. <laughs> um, over on the House floor, uh, a, a bill came up that I think a lot of people would like to see pass, but a lot of people does not include our elected representatives. It does not include, especially for Republican representatives who sold out to the Democrats. We're talking term limits here, folks. Yes. Uh, A bill that would have instituted term limits, um, that a lot of people think is probably a good idea. And I know there's a bad side to it because if you get a really good representative or a really good senator, you want to keep them uh, as long as possible. You know, but the really, right. really good ones are kind of few and far between. Um, and I think, I think it was Will Rogers uh, who once said politicians and diapers should be changed often and for the same reason. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. But it got shot down uh, on the floor of the house. Well, one of them who shot it down really surprised me. Um, the four on the Republican side were Daryl Issa from California, Tom McClinic from California, Scott Fitzgerald from Wisconsin, and um, Harriet Hagman from Wyoming, but Daryl Issa surprised me. Yeah, it kind of surprised me too. I mean, he's been there a long time, but yeah, um, you know, he's, he's one of the more level-headed, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, that are there. At least um, we thought he was, you know, but I'll tell you what it, I think it would be almost virtually impossible to get term limits through as a bill. Um, I really do. And and the reason for that is nobody that's there wants to give up their seat or their power. Or their money. It's right. a very well-paying job, folks. <laughs> well, and it comes with a pretty good pension if you can get reelected a couple of times. That's right. You know, and, and the pension know, the, never goes away. And No, it doesn't. And the term limits that they put into place... In this bill, it's um, House J uh, Resolution 11. It wasn't that terrible. It would be that you could have three terms in the House for a total of six years, 
and uh, two terms in the Senate for 12 years. In other words, what they were trying to do is make service for the country not your forever job, but just you are giving up part of your life to serve your country. And that's what our founders and framers had in mind. They never saw the the government as a career. Well, and, and literally what the founders and framers felt was that people would come, they would get elected, they would serve the people in their home states for a while, and mm-hmm. then, they, then they'd go home and live as regular people. Mm-hmm. You know, just just regular American citizens. They they never okay. saw it as a, a lifetime career. But you know, when you look at both the Senate and the House, I mean, let's be honest, we got some lifers in there. I mean, you think about it. Joe Biden has been in the government for over fifty years. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, look at people like Mitch McConnell. Look at people like Chuckle Schumer. Um, mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi. I mean, you know, the list just goes on and on. Uh, it, there's a reason why Washington, why the Senate and the House are referred to as the nation's most elite nursing homes. Yeah. Remember Feinstein? Yeah. Feinstein. I mean, she was totally, what was she, in her 90s and she's still serving? Yeah, and and look at you know go back a little ways, Ted Kennedy. Yeah, you know at, at the end of Ted Kennedy's career, which actually was the end of his life, they literally wheeled him in on a stretcher to make a vote. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. And you know, I hate to say this, but this should also go for the Supreme Court being appointed for life. I mean, we had a. Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg there, and she was how old? Come on, I don't care. Uh, Maybe you don't have full-fledged Alzheimer's, full-fledged dementia, but I'm sorry, someone in their 90s does not have the cognitive ability that someone in their 60s or even in their 70s has. There should be a time limit for everything. You would think. You know, now I know here. Yeah, I mean, in my state, in Nebraska, we have term limits on our legislature. Um, Mm -hmm. Any any member of our they're all senators. We have we have a unicameral, so we do not have a house and a senate. They're all senators, right? Um, But they can only serve two terms, and then they have to take at least one term off. And then if they want to run again, they can. Yeah, you know, but um, you know, two terms and. uh, you know, two and two and through, you know, is is kind of the way I refer to it, uh, and and you know, it's good and it's bad because you know if you if you got a, a crappy senator, you'd be glad to get rid of them after eight years. You know, That's right true. now my district we have uh, arguably and for my money the best senator in the state of Nebraska. Unfortunately, he's in his last term. So he's only got a couple of months left when the legislature ends. He, you know, this session he's out. Yeah. And you know, term limits are already in place in a lot of States for governor. 
Right. Our, so, our governor's term limited. I think yours is too, ours. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can have it for governors, why can't you have it for representatives? Why can't you have it for the courts? I mean, this this is getting ridiculous. What is our government now going to be a catch-all nursing home? It already is. Yeah, I mean, it already I, is. That's you true. Know, you, you look at the age of some of these people you know, that are serving and how long, for God's sakes, how long they've been there. You know, yeah. I mean, there are people serving in government that were literally in government when Nixon was in office. I mean, that's, that's crazy, true. but it's true. That's true. I mean, you still have Pelosi in there. Right? I mean, she's you. She's run out of her limits of facelifts by this time <laughs> because there's no more skin left to pull up. I mean, it's this is ridiculous. Well, and you it got really people. It's ridiculous. You know, it's easy to pick on the on the party you don't like, but in our own party, in the Republican Party, you got people like Mitch McConnell, um, mm-hmm. who is older than than dirt, and his health problems are catching up to him too, because right. obviously he's had a, a series of mini strokes. I mean, how many times over the past year have we seen him in front of cameras and microphones where he just completely freezes up? I mean, completely freezes up, mm-hmm. you know, but yet he's there. He is, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's re it's ridiculous because, Simply because of the physical and the mental acuity that does decline with age. No matter how good of health you're in, there are certain things. And sometimes a person, let's say, who's 80 years old, does not understand the problems, let's say, the younger generation is having. Well, and and that's very true. They can't, you know, equate to it at all. That's very true. And in a lot of cases, the older somebody gets, the more non-committal they get. True. You know, and, and uh, you know, they, they get to a certain age and are trying to please everybody. Well, that's not the the job of the, the Senate or the House. You know, you're there to work on behalf of the people that elected you. That's you know? very true. And... Yeah. You know, if you can't keep up with what's going on in your your home state, your home district, it's time for you to get out. Very true. You know, but this thing failed on on the floor of the House. Diane, I I find it virtually impossible that term limits will ever be voted in by the people that it would put out of a job. Probably not. Because for those people, they don't know anything else but being in government. Right. They've never had a real job. Right. I mean, that's, this it just wasn't comes, meant to be someone's career. Right. Just just like flipping burgers isn't meant to be a career. Exactly. Being a senator or representative never should be a career. You know, I mean, hmm. you, can go, you can go out and do other things. I mean, how many people in the House and Senate have a law degree? Go back you know, home and practice law, do something, but you know, give it up. Um, finally, 
tonight on the show, we got to talk about inflation. Now, we, we kind of brushed up against it uh, in the first half of the show, but we need to talk about this a little bit more because you know, old Slow Joe was out there yesterday literally blaming inflation on grocery stores. Let's just put it this way. Dementia Joe is beyond anything I ever thought I would see in a president. It's not the grocery store's fault. It's his fault and his policies alone that are causing the inflation to go out of control. And while you hear reports that, oh, it's leveling off, it's getting better, no, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, where it counts the most, where, you know, where people go shopping, real Americans go shopping, you know, middle class America goes shopping, it's mm-hmm. killing them. Inflation is killing people. Yes. Haven't you, you know, you go into a grocery store and one week, let's just round this off to $100. One week your grocery bill is $100. And you go back the next week and you are buying the exact same thing that you bought last week and it's up $20, $25. Then you go back the week after and you're still buying the exact same thing and it's up another or $10. And in the meantime, Biden's going, inflation is going down. It cannot oh. be. He, he gives a speech yesterday and literally blames grocery stores for inflation. He says they're price gouging. No, uh, they're not. They're not. But, you know, I have a theory. Okay. I always, I always have a theory. Okay. So, somebody told Biden yesterday how much pudding costs now. <laughs> and he was shocked, you yeah. know, I mean, holy cow. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you know, grocery prices, you look at anything else and these liberals, when they're faced with it, when they're literally faced with it, they come unhinged. Yeah. Last week, Gavin Newsom, governor of California told a story in a podcast he and his kids were at Target. Mm-hmm. And while they were in line, some guy walking out the door dropped something. And Gavin Newsom said his son, 13, 14-year-old kid, saw this happen and went over, picked it up, and said, excuse me, sir, you dropped this, and he handed it back to him. And the guy took it and went out the door. The cashier says to Gavin Newsom, not realizing who he was, said to him, you know, he didn't pay for any of that stuff. He's just taking it. And Gavin Newsom said he looked at this woman as cashier and said, well, why do you let him do? Why don't you stop him? And again, not having any idea who she was talking to, she said, because of the governor. And he looks at her and says, what? She says, yeah, the the governor has a law that says you can take up to $950 of stuff and there's no consequences. So that's why they do right. it. And that's why we don't stop them. Well, Newsom right. was angry. He got angry with her and said, that's just not true. He said, our, our policy at $950 
is the 10th best in the country. Then she realized who she was talking to. But it didn't stop her. She continued to blame the governor. He, at that point, wanted to talk to her manager. Okay, when, when they're faced with what's causing inflation, and make no mistake, all of this retail theft in this country is adding to inflation because the company, let's say it's Target in California, Gavin Newsom, they have to pay for the stuff that gets stolen. Right. right. Okay? And if they don't, their insurance company is jacking up their rates because nobody's stopping the thieves. So there are no consequences for it. So it's costing Target more. And if it costs them more, it's going to cost you more if you go in there to buy a pair of socks. Right. But when you confront these liberals, whether it's Gavin Newsom or Joe Biden, with the facts, it's not their responsibility. Somebody else is screwing with you. Well, here's another way that you can look at it. Let's start with the year 2021, when Joe Biden entered office. Food prices went up 33.7%. Shelter went up 18.7%. Energy prices went up 32.8%. Basically, what it boiled down to, Americans spent $211 more each month compared to the same time in 2020. Now, when you look at it in today's time, we Americans are paying on average of $1,020 more each month compared to what we spent two years ago. Two years ago is the key factor here, folks, the Biden administration. It boils down to bad economics on his part. Closed the pipeline, put people out of work, did did all sorts of things straight down the line. And he's now blaming the food stores? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it can't be his fault. You no. know, I, ca- I call it the, uh, the triple P. Okay? His poor policies. The, absolutely. I mean, that's really what's leading to this. You know, in, in the first segment, you know, we, we, or first half of the show, we were talking about layoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And we were, we were mentioning all the different factors. Well, Diane, you just read off a whole list of factors. Let me throw something else into the mix or a couple other things into the mix for inflation as factors for inflation. Okay. And these are things you would think Biden would understand. For instance, Biden claims he used to be a truck driver. You would oh, he think he knows he was everything. Yeah. yeah but, but, mm-hmm. you know, being a truck driver, air quotes again, I've got them, I'm using them. Being a truck driver, he has to know how this works. Nothing gets to the grocery store that it's not trucked in by a truck. Okay. <laughs> if diesel fuel is costing more, if insurance is costing more, if it costs more to heat and cool the store, if it costs more to employ the truck driver and it costs more to load and unload things on the dock, hence the supply chain issues, the stuff in the grocery store, Joe's pudding is going to cost more. 
Right. None of this, you know, Biden keeps saying, or his little campaign slogan is Bidenomics, strengthening the supply chain. I still don't know how his policies have strengthened the supply chain because the supply chain, remember, it runs basically on fossil fuels. When your fossil fuels, your gasoline, in other words, cost more, the price for the the truck drivers to ship and deliver everything costs more. Hence, the cost is passed on here, 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 and here. And it all adds up. And it goes back to the person in charge. Yeah. To the policies of that person. The triple P. Piss poor policies. Yes. You know? Now, I said earlier that I always have a theory. There's something else I always have, and that's an analogy. Okay. Bidenomics is to our economy what the anchor was to the Titanic. (laughs) Okay. It's just dragging us down. Yeah. It's just making us sink faster. Yeah. I I mean, I, you know, Nobody is buying, nobody who actually has to work for a living and has to go to the grocery store and has to pay for certain things, has to heat and cool their home, has to put gas in their car. Nobody's buying this whole Bidenomics is better thing because they see it in their own bank accounts. Right. You know, now Biden, Biden will tell you, you know, Hey, look. Uh, things are getting better because wages are going up. Well, wages are going up slower than inflation still. Yes. That means the, the net effect is below zero. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, Biden, I, I love the big thing when he said um, the raise in Social Security payments for seniors. <laughs> Why don't you ask some seniors that you know, everybody, what is his big raise amount to? It amounts to nothing. It's squat. It amounts to about, um, I've asked some people, what more are you getting with his big raise per month? $30 is some answers I get. $80 or other answers I get, you know, depending on what your, your monthly payments are. But let's say someone gets a $30 raise a month. Woohoo. What are you going to get a loaf of bread in a container of milk? Maybe one of the small containers. Prices have gone up. It's, you know, I, I don't care what grocery store you go to. There are, there are things that are just, ridiculously high yeah like bread over four dollars a loaf bread butter eggs you know Mm -hmm. milk um Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff uh last week i was i had to stop at the store and pick up a couple of things um and i'm walking down you know the the aisle you know where the meat counter is 
And oh, the one I never go to. Yeah, and that's why I bring it up on the show because Diane has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I uh, I looked. I thought, you know, I like chicken, and I thought maybe I get some chicken breast. You know, do a stuffed chicken breast or something. And I looked at them and I went, oh no, no. Uh, first of all, I don't know when chickens joined a union because outside of a union, I can't figure out why the price of chicken is so high, but it has been for a lot of years, but now it's sky high. I call, I don't call them chickens anymore. I call them prairie, prairie lobsters (laughs) because that's, I mean, it's almost cheaper to buy a lobster now than it is to buy chicken. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, when chickens are tw- like $12, $15 for a chicken, ye- there's something wrong here. It's just it's just out of whack. You know, yes. so yeah, Biden, Biden's blaming the grocery stores. You know, you're pay- paying high prices because grocery stores are gouging you. No, you're not. No. The, the, the only one gouging store. us is Joe Biden's policies. Yeah. The, the grocery store has to pay for a lot of things. The the food, the insurance, the heating, the cooling, the, the taxes, the, right. you know, employee salaries, you know, all of this the stuff. Theft. The theft. Yeah, theft, you know, and, uh, it, you know, it all adds up. And they're not just going to eat it. And that's what socialists think. They think businesses that, you know, everything's costing more. They're just going to eat the increase and, and, you know, that'll be that. And everybody will no. be happy. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. You know? And it shouldn't have to either. They're I mean, pass it, it along to the customer. Exactly. But you know what, folks? If we don't get a handle on this theft that's going on, things are going to continue to go up. No matter right. who's in office, no matter what policies are in place. That's right. It's that simple. Well, so, I'll tell you what, Diane, we've, we're just about out of time here. we just got a few seconds left. We've covered a lot of ground tonight. Yes, we did. Yes, we but did. With, but with that, how about we wrap it up? I think so. So I'll say nighty-night, folks, and my usual Star Trek awaits. Have yourselves a great weekend, folks. And we'll catch up with you again on Tuesday. Bye-bye.